uh, hey man, uh, like really glad you're here, man, on the uh, Harlan Highway. Um, you know, really uh, fucking cool. All right, no, we're not talking like that the whole show. This is Harlan Williams. You are on the Harlan Highway. Yeah, that's what I just said, man. Get out of here. This is my show, not yours. Not yours, man. Uh, what a show we have today, gang. Uh, I'm going to be reminiscing about my uh, my road trip across, uh, you know, France and uh, and uh, um, Italy. Going to uh, talk about uh, the impact of the European, the French Church, had on me. It was pretty uh, profound, I think. Uh, talk about that later on. Uh, we're going to talk about the best way to die. Hmm? What is the best way in the world to die, for a human being to die? I think I've discovered it. It's a little weird, but I think you'll all want to do it. Um, unfortunately, Campfire Timmy's coming in because it's summertime. And his father, the boss, Mr. Featherstone, said he's got to come down and sing some Campfire songs. I never liked that. Makes me sick to my stomach, and he's a little creep. So hopefully he doesn't show up. And then we have the Harland Highway question of the day. Wait till you hear this one. You'll know what it is. But for now, this is the Harland Highway! You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. I am out here for you. You don't know what it's like to be me out here for you. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. I'd buy that for a dollar. (laughs) What was it we had for dinner tonight? Well, we had a choice, steak, fish. Yes, yes, I remember. I had lasagna. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. That is thought for some amphetamine. Welcome to the Harland Highway. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You know, I got in a conversation with someone the other day about, uh, we're talking about death and dying, and uh, this friend of mine said, well, you know, the best best way to die is is called the million-dollar death. And I go, oh, what's that? And they go, well, you just go in your sleep. It's called the millionaire's death. You You just fall asleep and you're dead. You never wake up. And I was just about to say, yeah, you're right. And then I went, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. That's not the best way to die. I want to die. I basically said I want to die like a necrophiliac's death. And let me explain. I want to die right after I have the biggest O. You know what an O is, right? The orgasm. After I've had the most amazing biggest O. I want to die. In fact, I want it to be to the point that the the woman that I'm with, and this is where the necrophilia part comes in, doesn't even know I'm dead for the first, like, minute or so. Like, I have my moment. I'm like, ah! And then I die right there just after that amazing feeling. And she just thinks it's me, like, having a climax and she's still going. She's like, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Ah. Harlan? Harlan, did you fall asleep, you son of a bitch? Then she slaps me. You, you have a lot of nerve. Harlan? Harlan, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, and 
I know this is going to sound awful, but how do I put I'm still in her. And I've I've passed. I died a minute and a half ago. She was she's still going. I had my moment. I died. I've got a huge grin on my face. The best way to die in the world. And for about a minute, a minute and a half, she was doing it with a dead guy. Necrophiliac. <laughs> creep. <sighs> what a creep you are. Yeah. Hello, I'm dead. You can stop now. But how do you know when you're in the throes of passion, right? So I'm laying on my back. She's riding like a pony at the merry-go-round. Oh, yeah! Boom. I have my big moment. I pass away. She thinks I've just, you know, had the best orgasm ever. She's still trying to get to hers. <laughs> she finally has it. She collapses on me. Oh. I'm still inside of her. And as she's laying on my Woo! chest, she notices... I have no heartbeat. My eyes are staring up at the ceiling with a glazed-over look. It's horrible. It's horrible for the person who's with you, okay? It's a selfish way to die. It's a very selfish way to die. But it's great for you. And the same with the women, man. You you, you know, the ladies could be laying on their back. The guy's just giving it to her. She has her big O. Ah, 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 dies. The guy's so into what he's doing, he doesn't realize she's died. He's still gone. Minute, two minutes later. Cindy? Cindy, how was that for you? That was pretty good, right? Cindy? See, oh, my God, Cindy! Hello, 911? Yes, I, I'd like to report something horrible. What? Let me guess. You were, uh, you were, uh, you've got a dead person? No, I was having sex with a dead person. Oh my God, we'll be right over. <laughs> so, yeah, nobody wants to be a necrophiliac, but if that's the way to go, is there any better way to die? Oh. Dying in your sleep's just whatever. It's, it's anticlimactic, it's, it's boring. You know, what's the difference between dying in your sleep and sleeping? It's like when you sleep, you're just, everything shuts off, right? So if you die in your sleep, it's just like you're having the best sleep ever. You've just, you just slept. It's a really long-ass, wonderful sleep. You're not going to be tired when you wake up, never. So that's just like, Whatever. But dying uh, right after a giant orgasm? Come on, man. Any one of you listening, I challenge you to argue that. Come on, man. That's the way to go. And if the other person still haven't had it, well, when, once you've deceased, you know, that's, that's on them. That's, that's the burden they have to carry around the rest uh, of their lives. So uh, there you go. I mean, I don't want you to die, but when you do, my friends, that's the way you got to go. Now, to be certain that I have this straight, I'll re-recapitulate. Wait a minute. Who? Who's here? No, no, no. I don't want that kid here. No. I don't care if it is summertime. No, I do not want Timmy the Campfire Kid in here. Roger, I don't care if he's our 
boss's son, okay? I don't care if he's Mr. Featherstone's son. I'm doing a professional podcast here. I don't have time for an eight-year-old kid to come in here and sing campfire songs just because he likes to do it in the summer and his father owns my podcast. No, don't let him in. Don't let... Oh, God. Hi. Oh, God, kid. Don't know guy... Guy kid me. I didn't say guy kid. I said God kid. Yeah, well, I thought I heard guy. It doesn't surprise me you'd be thinking about guys. What does that even mean? Yeah, I I wonder. I'm surprised you're even here and not hanging out in a playground somewhere, perv. All right, don't start pushing my buttons, kid. Well, don't be a galaxy intergalactic dildo. What a a galaxy intergalactic dildo. You heard me, Hyvenschmiver. What is a Hyvenschmiver? Oh, yeah. Like you don't know, huh? No, I don't know. Well. Well, what? Yeah, uh uh-huh. Oh, God, you're starting to sound like your dad. My dad told me I could come down here and sing campfire songs. Yeah, well, you can go tell your dad. What? Go ahead. I dare ya. You can tell your dad. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm listening, Radar O'Reilly. You, you go up there on the 12th floor and you tell your dad. Yeah, go ahead. Say it. You t- what are you doing here, kid? You know why I'm here. You want to play campfire songs. That's right, because it's the middle of summer, and nothing says summer more than wonderful campfire songs. Oh, God. What's that supposed to mean? It means you make me puke, kid. Okay, you know what? Just relax. No, I might have to get my father on the intercom. I don't have an intercom. What is this, 1970? Your hairstyle sure is. Okay, Do you have your stupid guitar? I do, too. You do, too, what? I do, too, have my guitar. I do, too. Chuck, where did you go to school? Mental land? Oh, I heard that. I do, too. I heard it. Get your guitar out. I've got it out. Whiskey a go-go face. God, you annoy me. Yeah, and your breath smells like turnip soup. God. Hurry up. What's your first song, kid? How many are you doing? I always do three. Three songs, like C-3PO from Star Wars. I don't get the connection. Well, I said I do three songs, right? Yes. And C-3PO has a three in it, right? Yes. So three? Yes. And C-3PO. Oh, God. Hurry up and play. Up yours, wagon wheel ass. Don't call me names just because your father's Mr. Featherstone. Eat your crabgrass, crunch face, crackle fuck. Don't start swearing either, kid. You're only eight years old. Yeah, well, I'm going to be nine soon. I got my first hair. What do you mean you got your first hair? I got a hair growing over my cock. Stop. Stop it. Well, I do. Just one, but it's a start. Stop talking about that. Play your first stupid song. All right, relax, Mongo face. Hurry up. 
God, what's your first stupid song called? It's not stupid. What is your first song called? It's a wonderful nature song called Willow the Wisps. Willow the Wisps. That's right. Oh, brother, hurry up. Go ahead and play this winner. You're a winner, chicken dinner. Hurry up and play it. Oh, will of the wisps, will of the wisps, wisp, wisp, will of the wisp, 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 will of the wisps, will of, oh God, stop it, I'm singing, what was all that whispering part, that's not whispering, that's the will of the wisps. Oh, my God. How about Will of the Puke over the toilet? Will of the Wisps. Wisp, 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 wisp. Stop that dopey whispering. You sound like a creep. Shut up. I'm singing. Taco Bell Grande twat. Oh, God, kid. Will of the Wisp. Wisp, 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 wisp. Will of the Wisp. Wisp, 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 wisp. Will of the Wisp, wisp. Stop it. I was finished anyways. Good. I don't think I've ever heard anything more annoying in my life. How about when your wife said I'm leaving you? Cut it out. Do you have another song? I sure do. Another campfire song. That's why I'm here. Smudge. Smudge? Yeah, like the smudge on the toilet paper. What is your second song, you little brat? Up yours, fudgesicle face. Hurry up! The next song is Oh Have Yes Oh Have Yes Oh Have a Canoe Paddle Okay, sing it! I met an old Indian out on the trail Out on the trail, where? Out on the trail I met an old Indian out on the trail Where? Out on the trail He said to me with his big red eyes, Hey, little fella. And I said, Yes, have a canoe paddle. Have a canoe paddle, fella. Have a canoe paddle, fella. Oh, I met a great big Indian on the midnight trail. Oh, he had great big eyes. And he said, Have a canoe paddle, fella. Oh, have a canoe paddle, fella. Stop it! Get the hell out of here! I'm finished that one, too! Oh, God! Now, I'm pretty sure you just made that up, you little brat. Are you crazy? That's a a Cub Scout campfire song. Everyone knows the song about the old Indian giving the canoe paddle. I'd like to give you a canoe paddle. I bet you want anything to get my pants down. Stop that! God! Are you done? I have one more. I told you I always do three. Remember C-3PO? Oh, don't go into this again. Three plus three C-3PO equals Star Wars-io. Stop it. Star Wars-io. Stop saying Star Wars-io. Well, it rhymes with C-3PO. Play your third song. What is it? It's a classic campfire song. And? It's called All I Want to Do. Okay, and any nature stuff, like a pine cone or an owl? Oh, ha, 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 ha. 
Very funny, Mr. Grown-Up. I've got a half-mustache that looks like a burnt piece of dog poo. Stop. Sing your stupid song, All I Want to Do. Thank you. Oh. Excuse me, let me tune my throat. Stop it. Stop tuning your throat. Nobody does that. Yeah, well, maybe I do, because I take my singing seriously. Oh, God. Eh, eh. Stop it. Sing all I want to do. Thank you. I will. Oh, all I want to do is a zoom, 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 a zoom, 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 and shake your butt. All I want to do is a zoom, 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 and shake your butt. Stop. Stop right there. That is not a campfire song, kid. Timmy. Don't say my name like that. Timmy, that is not a campfire song. All I want to do is a zoom, zoom, zoom. Shake your butt. Shake, shake, shake your butt. Zoom, a zoom. Stop it. Turn it off. Why'd you turn it off? That's not a campfire song. Check, baby, check, baby. One, two, three. Check, baby, check, baby, one, two, three, four. Check, baby, check, baby, one, two, three. Oh, everybody, shake your butt. All I want to do is a zip, zip, zip. Zip, 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 boom. Shake your butt. Stop it, stop it, shut it off. Get him out, Roger. You've done your stupid songs. I want you out the door with your creepy guitar and your stupid freckly face. Up yours. People listening like my songs. Everyone loves campfire songs. Yeah, do you know the one about the kid who drowns in the lake? I sure do. Oh, Billy drowned in the lake. Billy dr- Get out! Billy dr- You requested it, ass munch. Billy drowned in the... Get out! All I want to do is a zoom check, baby, check, baby. One, two, three. Get out! Up yours, pickle puss. The Harland Highway, question of the day. Okay, first of all, Roger, can we never have Timmy back? That's not a question, that's an order. My blood pressure's going through the roof with that moron. Anyways, putting it behind me, the Harland Highway question of the day. Here we go. Why is it that when you uh, click onto a YouTube video or some of these internet ad videos, um, the internet ads come up, Okay, and it's a commercial for, uh, you know, Geico Insurance or uh, Alka-Seltzer Plus or, uh, you know, a trip to a hotel, something annoying, something you don't want to see when you click around on the Internet. And then it starts to play and it says uh, you can skip this ad in five seconds. And I always do. I mean, I'm like, thank you. Like, why do they give us that option? Why, why do they... Are you, are you kidding me? Excuse me, would you like to watch a commercial or not watch a commercial? What would you like to do? How many people go, oh, I'd love to watch a commercial. Can I watch something t- totally annoying and totally unrelated? I was about to watch a nature video about lions eating a zebra, but if I could just sit through a progressive car insurance commercial for a minute and a half of my life before I get to Africa, oh, I would be forever in your debt. Please. 
So I always click skip. And what's ridiculous is with with only seeing five seconds, you're not even sure what it is. So if if I'm an ad agency, I'm going to like put my logo or get my message out right at the beginning. Like, yes, this is Wonder Brad. And before you click on, yes, this is Geico Insurance. Before you click on, this is Pepsi Cola. Before you click on the skip button, gone. You know what I mean? The first words out of my mouth would be my product. But it, it, it just seems like such a waste of time, and I, I wonder why why do ad agencies give us the option? It's kind of a dumb idea, really, because they know they have us trapped. And the whole commercial is, what, like 30 seconds long, maybe 15 seconds long? So I figure if you're going to watch the first five, if you are forced to watch the next 10 seconds or 20 seconds, the odds of you clicking away are probably pretty low. And I don't know why I'm saying this, why I'm helping the advertisers with this. But essentially, you've got us held up for hostage. And, you you know, we kind of got to watch the stupid things if we want to get to our videos. So my big Harlan Highway question of the day is, why do they have it even? You can skip this video. And how many of you... Do skip it. I'm willing to bet 100% of you listening, because I have a very intelligent audience, clicks the skip it button. And if you don't, I don't know if I want to hear from you, but maybe you better call at 323-739-4330 and tell me why you're, an idiot, why you're watching commercials. Or maybe you're a commercial freak, and that's the only reason you do tune in, and you you shut the video off when the video starts. Hell, I don't want to watch no video, man. I just, that commercial, look how well that's produced. The lighting and the acting and the the locations and the, the, the wardrobe and the makeup. Oh, my God. What a commercial. I can't watch a grainy, scratchy, old, homemade YouTube video after watching this high-end wonderfully produced commercial about aspirin so i don't know there it is folks inquisitive minds need to know the harland highway question of the day the harland highway question of the day all right so i want to tell you a little more about my road trip that i took uh, to europe which was a ton of fun uh as i told you i landed in paris i got a crazy rental car um it, it, it had a GPS device in it, and when I pulled out of the uh, garage in Paris, the GPS device uh, was in French. And my French is a little rusty. I know a little bit of French, but uh, I, I could not catch the GPS. And Paris is a big, busy, crazy city with lots of roads. <sighs> And here I am driving around in Paris trying to get out of Paris so I can start trekking across the countryside to the, get to the coast. And I got a, uh, a GPS talking to me in French. So then I went into my phone and I had the Google Maps and that came up and that was all kind of Frenched out and weird and Europeanized, if that's even a word. And then fortunately I had, I had downloaded a uh, an app that... Uh, that um, an app that that's from I think Tom 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 the, the original like GPS guys, and it was a European app. It cost me like eighty bucks, and so I downloaded that. So here I am trying to get out of Paris, 
in a rental car that I think I told you a few podcasts ago, when you stop, it shuts off, which I did not know. So I'm, I'm stopping in the middle of Parisian traffic. The car keeps stopping. I'm like, what the hell? I'm panicking. I'm listening to the French uh, GPS. And I'm like, Charles, Nelson, oh, oh. So then I got, I got the Google one going, and then I got, I got the TomTom one. I got three GPSs going. Whew. I somehow miraculously make it out of Paris. It's a nail-biter the whole way. And uh, suddenly now I'm on the highways, and I'm cruising across the countryside, okay? And, uh, and I'm cruising across the countryside towards the coast, and I'm on the highway, and then they, they have these... Uh, like most highways, they have the uh, gas stations along the way. And I'm looking at the little indicator on my dashboard, and there's the little picture of the uh, of the gas pump. And then underneath it says diesel. And I'm like, wait, what? What? I've never dealt with diesel before. So now I uh, pull into the gas station, and uh, for some reason they have the gas tanks on the other side of the car. Uh, where we come from, they're on the driver's side. On Over there, they're on the passenger side. Don't know why. Just more ways to abuse us foreigners. And I get at the gas pumps, and I can't read. You know, it says diesel and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, no. what? It, I mean, it doesn't say diesel. It's, it's all these French words. So I go into the uh, the, uh, the the shop and I go, uh, excuse me, mademoiselle, uh, can you assist? Uh, où est le diesel, uh, gasoline for l'automobile? And I'm speaking broken French, I know it. But she gets the gist. She goes, ah, oh, the diesel, uh, the black, the black one. I'm like, the the black one. She's like, we oui, oui, the black, the black one. And then I realized she she was talking about the the nozzles, the handles on the gas pump were all color coded, and I go oh black and noir noir black is uh, noir is black in French. She's like oui noir diesel, and I go okay merci beaucoup madame, and I walk out and I figured out that little mystery. And uh, so I'm booging along, uh, going through the uh, the countryside of uh, France. It's just beautiful farm country and old buildings with tile roofs and oh, it's just so nice. And uh, and and there's some about the trees there. Like in in North America, we've got you'd see a field, you know, a pasture, and it's usually like like big round trees, like big roundish trees or pine trees or something. But in France, for whatever reason, the trees always seem to be off in the distance, and they're these real tall, leafy ones. They're, like, really tall and thin and kind of always in a row, side by side. And if you can just picture them off in the field, they, they give the, Fran- the French countryside a really unique look. It's funny how much the trees distinguish the, uh, the landscape, but it, it, it's, it's a look you don't see anywhere else that I've been and there's such a charm to it and such a such a French thing about it. It just it almost reminded me like I was looking at a painting. You know, I have these green rolling fields and fields full of, you know, brown wheat and and then these tall trees all in a line in the distance, you know? Just beautiful. 
Uh, and then one of the things I noticed when I'm driving through the towns, uh, you know, I kept kind of passing through all these small towns, farming towns, field towns, hill towns, mountain towns. And it quickly became uh, obvious to me that in the center of all these little towns, which, by the way, looked very charming. You know, they're, they're old stone buildings and just, you know, really, really old European flair, okay? And what, what struck me and amazed me and got me thinking was in the middle of each of these little towns was a church. There was always a church with a really high steeple with a cross on it or a bell, but it was always the highest building in the little town, and it always stood out, and architecturally it was always very beautiful and really well done, and somehow it always seemed to be in the perfect place, and it was always the, the middle of town, the focal point of the town. And as I drove along, I started to really get my head around the concept of a church in a town. And, and, and I started to think about the feeling it was giving me. And I, I started to realize that these little towns were making me feel very welcome and, and started to make me feel like, wow, I'd like to live in that little town. What a, what a, what a tight, little, nice, friendly-looking community. And it wasn't just the, the quaintness of the little town, but somehow the church seemed to polarize everything. The church seemed to bring it all together. The church was the nucleus of these small little towns. And there was one after another. There'd be some nestled in the hills. There'd some, be, some would be out on, uh, on the flatness of the fields. And, uh, and, and just the way these churches were put together, the stonework, the, uh, the masonry, and the way they towered over the rest of the town. And, and I started to realize these were really, real symbolic. And, and it made me start to think that they must have built these churches by design to kind of remind everyone in the community about church and God and, and loving thy neighbor. And, 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 and just looking at these towns, it made me get that feeling. It made me want to live there. I was like, God, you know, I want to live in a town where the, you know, you can't go anywhere without seeing the church. And the, the church reminds us that, you know, we're God's children and we're God's people and we should all be good to each other and all be kind to each other. And even though I'm not an organized religion guy, these are thoughts that I was having. And even though I'm not in particular um, fond of that kind of, you know, herding mentality, I got to tell you, there was something about the churches that really got to me. And it, it made me start to think that, you know, the, the, the fact that they were, they were sticking up over the rest of the town. And I realized maybe these churches were the spiritual center of the community. And, and I realized whether you're religious or not, the fact that they were kind of overbearing and there, you couldn't avoid that sense of spirituality, and you couldn't avoid seeing these churches, these symbols of faith and and uh, God, if you will. And uh, it made me start to think that that you know, I and I don't know because I don't live in those communities, but I thought, man, I bet they're really tight and everyone's friendly and. And, uh, you know, there's a real community there. And, and, and a sense of that came over me, a sense of warmth and a, a sense of uh, wanting to reach out and say hi to my neighbor and can I help you with those groceries. And, 
And I started to realize that maybe that's something that we don't really have anymore. We live in a world where most people are turning their backs on churches. People don't trust churches. A lot of people don't trust religion or want religion anymore. And and that's okay. I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing. Everyone has to make their own decision. But I got to tell you, where, where I live in a world where the biggest symbols that I see in my community are corporate symbols, the, the golden arches and Burger King and, uh, you know, the, 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 the mall and, and uh, you know, uh, ExxonMobil and Shell and BP and, you know, all these, all these signs distracting us, these bright signs. And they're towering up in the air higher than anything. And, and when you think of it, churches in big cities, at least in Los Angeles, they're kind of buried. They're kind of buried amongst all the clutter, and nothing sticks up high in the air. You don't, you don't pay any attention to a church here. And in a lot of other cities I've been to, you don't really have that. And it made me sad a little bit to think, like, e- even if you take away the religious component, I think, I think humans in general do have a spirit. They have a spiritualness. They have a maybe have a faith in themselves or in their lives and 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 maybe what these churches in these small French towns represented to me was the spirituality that kind of uh was represented and 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 I felt like, you know, maybe because that symbol of the church is there that maybe the people in the towns are more spiritual. And I thought it's. I concluded that it was a very important piece of architecture, an important symbolism within this town. Even though I didn't live there, maybe it's a bunch of deviants, and who knows if there's a pervert priest or whatever. But, but you know, just looking at it from the outside, it 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 made me feel good, and it made me feel a little sad that even if you don't believe in religion, churches are supposed to represent symbols of goodness and, and purity and love and holiness and, and brotherhood. And, and, you know, the church was supposed to house all the good things, the positive things in humans. And unfortunately, even the church got corrupted along the way in many ways with power and politics and sex and money and just the horrible things that the church is supposedly against. But taking out the modern-day aspects of where religion has gone off the rails over the years, just the notion of this nucleus, this center of the town, of a, a, a symbol of spirituality rising up from among all the homes and the businesses and the other buildings. And it really did give me a feeling of warmth, and I thought, what a shame that People today, people listening, people going to work can't somehow tap into spirituality on their way to work or in their daily routine. And many of you probably do or you might, but I think a lot of people, it's kind of gone by the wayside. People don't think about spirituality. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be religious. It could be just the spirit you feel in the world and on uh, from the ocean, from the air, from the clouds. It could be that kind of spirituality. But I think the church being so prominent in the mix just reminded one of the spirit world, of, of, this, of the soul, of the spirit, the human spirit. 
And nowadays, I think in big cities in modern society, that all gets so muddied and cluttered by all the corporate logos and signs and flashing neon and the distractions in our lives. So it was very, very interesting. It was nice to see. It was refreshing. And uh, it made me think of my own spirituality and, and let me get in touch with it and tap into it. And my spirituality tends to come more from the world of nature. But, but this, what I'm saying to, to wrap this up is that is the church is kind of just reminded me in general of the spirit, of the human spirit. And I think it would be a good investment in communities, in society to somehow find something that does that for people. And and if the religious aspect is too much, maybe we create something, like even something like a spirit tower or something new that we haven't seen, like just a, a tower that's non-denominational, just it's a it's uh, constructed a certain way and maybe has certain symbols on it that aren't religious symbols, but it's basically just a piece of architecture that stands high above the buildings and the malls And it's to remind people of their own spirit and to to tap into their spirit and that it's healthy to remember and 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 in essence communicate with your spirit, even if it's mentally or uh, metaphysically or however you connect with yourself or let your spirit connect through you to the rest of the world. And so I appreciated seeing these these churches dotting these towns because it it certainly gave me that feeling that they were important and that they meant something. And uh, it was it was quite uh, illuminating and, and exciting to see it and feel it. And it, that's something I didn't expect to come over me just driving through the countryside in, in France. But you see, you can drive through the countryside in the United States and you don't see churches in all the little towns and the farm community. They may be there, but they don't tower over the town. Um, so there you go. Just some interesting insight and some reflections and feelings uh, from my part of my road trip um, through Europe. And I'm going to tell you some more stories about my road trip as we keep going down the road here on the Harland Highway. But for now, we've come to a red light. We're going to stop and uh, pick it up next time, okay? Before I go, let's do a few announcements, shall we please, ladies and gurgle blargans? Flinertle, Blurgens, and Skirtle Gliggins. Uh, not a lot. You know, I usually take the summers off, so I don't have a lot of touring news for you. But I will say check out harlanwilliams.com. Check out our web store. Buy some uh, fun merchandise to make yourselves laugh. If you want to write me, you can write me at harlanwilliams.com. And while you're at harlanwilliams.com, look around the site. I have my uh, fall stand-up comedy appearances posted so you can check on my stand-up link to see if i'm coming to your town or village with a church uh or if you want to leave me a voicemail lurtle blurgens and fagurtle snurgens uh 323-739-4330 and i love to hear from you as you know i i don't play every message i get but i pick the ones that i feel like are fun and good and informative and interesting and i put them up so don't be afraid to phone and leave a message you don't have to talk to anyone it's just a voice machine so please love to hear uh anything you have to say 323-739-4330 
And that is it, gang. Uh, keep on smiling. Uh, keep in touch with your own spirit because that's really important in life. Be in touch with your spirit. Um, and I think it'll lead to a healthy life for you. Um, that's it. We're done. Tell your friends about the Harland Highway. Love to have your buddies uh, listening to the show. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Check, baby, check, baby, one, two, three. Check, baby, check, baby, one, get out.